0: welcome to another episode of base news network i'm sophie aka jenna varka and i'm here with kayo aka punk revolution now and i am here with a very special guest natalie maring aka wise blood hi natalie thank you so much for coming on how are you
1: doing
2: hi thank you so much for having me i'm doing really great today
1: yay. awesome <laughs>
0: yay Oof,
1: so, I, I just... t- yeah i already told um natalie this before we start recording the podcast but i'm going to say it again because i want the audience to hear just to really embarrass Sophie, when Sophie and I, <laughs> when Sophie and I first met, and we were just before we were dating, before before Sophie even knew it was a feasible thing that we would date,
0: <laughs>
1: we were talking about our favorites, like interests, music, movies, etc. And Sophie told me her favorite artist is Wise Blood.
2: So, <gasps> yes. yes oh my gosh <laughs> i'm so flattered well sophie is my favorite meme artist that is sweet. So i am <laughs> i'm so grateful that you turned me into jack from the titanic because that was a huge moment for me
0: it really was oh my ah. goodness that was that was actually when i was first learning photoshop and i was Luigi. like i need Shh. to do this Luigi. <laughs> is that your dog oh hi, Aww, hi perfect
2: 127 Uh, keep the rest thank you so much
0: great uh just a signature before you
2: go sorry guys i just got my weed delivery doing a (laughs) podcast (laughs) i told the guy i was doing a podcast he thought i was so cool all right all right okay now we're really cooking
1: now we're cooking (laughs) now Now we're cooking
0: cooking. yes so thank you for calling me an artist that's very sweet (laughs) um yeah no that was one of my that was when i was first learning photoshop and it actually now i'm way better at photoshop but i'm still surprised it turned out pretty good and yeah i think and, oh and i don't know you embarrass- just fit it so
1: well just yes that that was a very good meme and just to make sophie a little bit more embarrassed the Uh-oh. day that you retweeted or reposted the titanic wise blood meme that sophie made was also like one of Sophie's like best days ever and it was like oh my big... god <laughs> <laughs> that was a big so big
0: embarrassing <laughs> oh cool. thank you. I'll be I'll well, be posting yeah. that for
2: for for the rest of time
0: thank you that's so sweet so yeah now I'm getting emotional again but yeah speaking of getting <laughs> emotional we, we just got done watching your new music video for God Turn me into a flower and it was just beautiful that was directed by Adam Curtis, is that correct? Yes, legendary uh, documentarian. I think this is such a like fitting collab. <laughs> I I'm just I'm just really blown away by it. I just wanted to know, like, how did you get into conversations with Adam to to do this, and how do you feel like the images you? You included in here how well how did you pick them and how do you think it relates to the music in general well it was
2: kind of like chasing a unicorn into a valley like i proposed the idea to my manager at the time and i was like i think we've got to find this guy because i'm such a big fan and i feel like his documentaries are already there's such a poetry to the way that he uses the archival footage it would be like the best music mm-hmm. video ever and our first thought was to try to do it for wild time and I remember oh. um Adam really liked that song and he was re- he really wanted to do it too. And I flew I played a show in London and we had this meeting and we were gonna, you know, talk about editing some footage together. And then he got really busy making Trauma Zone, which is his new documentary about Russia. And then mm. the pandemic happened. And so he kind of no. said, Hey, I'm so sorry, but I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this. And so I just made uh like a kind of like a super eight wild time video on my own very dejected and heartbroken and then when I finished this up this record <laughs> I hit him up immediately I was like hey haven't talked to you in a year but I just did another record and check it out and he was you know into it but he also was kind of like you know like yeah we'll see like I kind of had to tell him um I was like well are you a big fan of Onio Tricks Point Never One Tricks Point Never I call him Tricks because I'm like a real Tart, but it's one trick's point. Um, (laughs) Yes, and he's like, I love Daniel, and I was like, well, he played some synth on the song "God Turn Me Into a Flower," and then he jammed that, and I was like, and I was like, I think that's the track, and he was actually like, I really like "Hearts a Glow," and I was like, "Hearts a Glow," I was like, that's a love song. I was like, we can't put archival love footage up there. But then
0: that would be Lana Del Rey music videos from like (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. So I to me I was he also he like his taste is just what it is. He's really particular. But I kind of said, you know, I think I think this is the moment and there's so much noise. And he's like, You're right, I like the noise. I'll I'll take a shot at this. And I kind of told him what the song was about. It was, you know, very influenced by this book I read by Charles Losh called The Culture of Narcissism. And there's so many correlations between, you know, Adam's thoughts on in his documentaries and kind of um, the sentiment that went into that song uh, being about like the myth of Narcissus. not, you know,
0: mm.
2: not really about, you know, we think of the myth of Narcissus as like he was so vain that he was just obsessed with his own reflection. But the real crux of the myth is that he didn't realize the reflection was himself. He didn't recognize himself. Um, which I think is like mm. kind of, you know, the, the dystopia that we all experience as human beings in this modern society, I think, is really close to that, where there's this kind of sense of scarcity and yearning for like external domination and power and hoarding of, of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, because we think we need this, we're obsessed with this otherness, this, this, you know, idea that we can only save ourselves through means outside of ourselves. As opposed to recognizing that, you know, as we destroy nature, we're destroying ourselves. Uh, we don't recognize our reflection uh, within within the nature itself. So it just felt very poignant, and I just handed him some footage of me running around with the glow heart, um, yeah, the in glow the white heart. dress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that and he me took that it- one meme. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
2: Oh, which meme? No, we got it. We so, got anytime the meme think, comes up, we got to talk about it.
0: I can't help it. Well, there's the I think he put it out on Twitter. It was like, it was like wise blood and hearts to glow. And there was like a mannequin that like looked kind of weird with the like dress and the like glowing heart.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of weird ones. But, um, but yeah, I'm basically,
0: sure. he chose all the footage,
2: he has access to the wow. BBC archives. So he actually, you know, really made the video and put it all together. And then there was like a big kerfuffle about getting it released. And so I just said, we'll just play it live and it'll be this like immersive experience. Mm -hmm. And we did that all year. And then finally I was just like, fuck it, putting it out.
1: Don't care what
0: (laughs) nobody says. Well, Mm. I'm glad you did because it's really just gorgeous.
1: What I like about that story is it sounds like you two both had creative visions that like you both stuck to like he wasn't willing to kind of do something he wouldn't be proud of you weren't willing to turn it into something you wouldn't be proud of and you both like found a middle ground that like you both like were excited about you know it's not like he was (laughs) gonna just pick a song that you're paying him a lot of money to do you know and you're not just gonna roll with whatever like it's it sounded like a like, a, like a, and I feel like it is reflected really well in the music video too given how emotional it is and I feel like it's definitely a song with that you know just really awesome crescendo now that yes. I know one 10 one tricks point never is kind of in the background there too contributing to that it's like it's like a really cool experience already' it's like a song and the music video I feel like it, it just amplifies that like emotional crescendo so super cool I'm glad that it, it's it's out and Sophie and I both were like super excited because we were talking about you know t- Titanic Rising before Hearts of Glow came out and then when Anne and Darkness Hearts of Glow came out that was like super fun for us Sophie and I to listen to it together and it's like really awesome that like even about like a year later after the record comes out we're still getting like some cool treats from it
0: yeah you yeah. keep releasing music videos
2: well yeah I it's... think I think I've just kind of gotten a handle on on how to make things happen and I think that like mm-hmm. kind of post pandemic we were all a little gridlocked. It was like very difficult to make things happen. And people Mm -hmm. were really exhausted. And so I felt like with the release, I was just constantly pushing. But as soon as I kind of got out on the road and got the news out and and really got the ball rolling, it was like, yeah, I just, I feel like things kind of started picking momentum up again. And it was like, Mm -hmm. I could you know be like, I can put out a video whenever I want. I don't care what people say. Like, there's no such thing as any kind of like, you know, protocol for music these days. It's just the wild west. Yeah. So I got a little more confidence as the year went out and I was like, yeah, it's like anything goes and an album can live as long as you want.
0: That's amazing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. That's something people ask me about. Like I'm not at all like a big musician. Like I have like you know a few like punk projects and do like music reviews on my YouTube channel. And people ask me about like, the music industry, the music industry. And like, I always just tell them like, it's just kind of doesn't really, it's like not really a thing. It's just kind of, everyone is just doing their, like just doing stuff. There's no like formula. There's no, you know, I mean, obviously there are, there there are like agencies and labels that like kind of help, but there's really no, you know, like rule book of follow these steps as an artist. It's It really is like for at least for like the indie scene that, you know, to to me, that's kind of how it seems to me at least.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's definitely changing with the the technology and changing with the culture to the point where it's like you should just do whatever you want. I mean, obviously there's like strategy or something, but I think for the most part labels are dying.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> whoops. so
0: whoopsies. But yeah,
2: I mean they'll be they'll be fine. the The labels that will be the most fine are like nice, like kind of legendary legacy labels that have a great back catalog um sub pop my label Mm -hmm. kind of being one of them like because they have a great history that and people will always be streaming their back catalog but i think yeah as far as like breaking a new artist and and doing new stuff it is pretty wild you kind of just gotta be a bit of a cowboy
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) speaking of cowboys speaking of cowboys oh where um, are you
0: going with this one i
1: i was just gonna bring up the uh the I feel, like, I feel like the ultimate like cowboy wild west record that came out last year, besides Hearts of Glow, was the um the Minion soundtrack. Oh my
0: god, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true,
2: yes, yes. As, <laughs>
0: As me, Mercy, really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I
2: think I should have leaned into that a little harder. I think at the time I was a little like, Whoa, I was like a little shocked, but I was in the theater. And I was watching it. And I was dancing, and I should have let everybody on the internet know how <laughs> stoked that was.
0: It's never too late. I
2: was just. I know like I, I said, could. I just say Minions' anniversary. Just come out and be like, "Hey, yeah. remember
1: this?" Yeah. yeah Sophie and Sophie were saying like,
0: "I'll post those."
1: That's got to be like the funnest project as a musician you could possibly be like invited to. Was like, how did it work? Did someone reach out to you like, "Hey, we're putting together this like soundtrack. Do you want to be on it?" Or was like, you-
2: "Yeah, it was Jack Antonoff." Who all right. Was a, yeah, big old producer. I think he just, <laughs> you know, knew that it was going to be a 70s nostalgia vibe and was, you know, Linda Ronstadt, Linda Ronstadt song is a kind mm-hmm. of a big part of the plot. So he's like, "Oh, the Linda Ronstadt cover's got to be pretty lit." And I think he just thought of me <laughs> and and my voice and, and kind of we did it all remotely, it was all during COVID and quarantine. So I just rolled into a mm. studio You know, and like went into a a little room and sang, and then left. I didn't really see anybody, and then it
1: showed up in the
2: credits (laughs) of the film. The Minions (laughs) movie, yeah,
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Sophie and I went, and Sophie was extremely excited to um, hear the music, and I was just extremely excited to see Gru back at it again. (laughs) 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 Gru, yeah, I was actually
2: like i i'm glad that like culture invented something that was like specific and unique to the 21st century um (laughs) because it's so hard for anything to be emblematic of our times and i think minions (laughs) in a weird way is but yeah when i went to see it i remember kind of being a little um proud of myself i came in and there was you know a guy behind the concession stand it was a really small theater and uh my friend was like, you know, she sings the movie. Her song plays during the credits. And he's like, no way. I go in there <laughs> to clean the theater during the
0: credits. And I noticed that oh. song was really good. And then he gave me a free hot dog. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. That's like the movie's music video. <laughs>
2: it was, yeah, it was just like that, for
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's so. That's very wholesome. I feel like people who work at movie theaters are really nice. oh yeah it's definitely a happy place for me i really like movies that's why i love your song movies movies. yeah yeah. of
2: course of course i think we we all are like the most Mm -hmm. movied generation because we grew up with vhs and reruns and right could just watch them over and over again
0: yeah i think i saw somewhere like your fans bring you dvds and like vhs
2: oh my gosh i have so many dvds
0: Oh my gosh. I saw I like wish your letterbox I show you guys, but... thing. Oh my God. I would love to see. You can maybe you can send me a picture of it or something. But yeah, I would I was watching your letterbox interview that you did about like your favorite movies and you talked about possession, which is one of my favorite movies too. And I think you said something like a bunch of fans give you like editions of that, which is really that makes me jealous. <laughs> you know, it's
2: it's really funny. Like I um I do have a Letterboxd account and I've I've listed some movies on there, but I've been working on this one review of Babe for like six months. Because I think Babe is like wow. the most brilliant movie ever, but um, I have yet to premiere it. But yeah, I'm obsessed with Letterboxd just as a concept. And um, when I made a joke about bringing DVDs to the show, it was really just so we had something to watch on the bus, but then it kind of flowered into this... <laughs> Beautiful tradition. And I feel so spoiled. Like, I just feel so lucky that people give me physical media every night because I'm a big fan of, you know, kind of avoiding algorithms and instead watching things based on fate, you know, like kind of what comes across your path and I
1: I have to interrupt that beautiful moment to just ask, are you referring to um, babe as in the movie about the pig?
0: Of course, yeah. Oh my goodness! I thought that she was like, "What is this movie? Like, is this some babe. Movie? I don't know." But I was like, "I know, babe." I <laughs>
2: That'll, mean, do, I do that. That'll do, pig. That'll do. It's Babe. Babe right, is so a
1: very deep movie. Sell me on Babe. Some why? Because I remember enjoying it a lot when I was a little kid. But you know, maybe you know now that we're adults, I'm down to rewatch it. But like, what's what's the uh, what's like the magic to, about it to you?
2: It's about an outlier. Mm. which is, a, it's like the uh, hero story. It's like a beautiful hero story. And, you know, there's the pecking order on the farm and the people that are useless. And then, and, 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 you know, there's just the very real fact that the farmer needs to eat. And I think that they don't kind of skirt around the violence of like the cycles of life. It's like all the cycles are present. And um, yeah, and, and and Babe is this, this outlier who's kind of meant to be eaten, but um, through the, you know, the grace of just being kind of a weird outlier he uh you know learns how to speak the language of the sheep and it's also like weirdly like kind of promoting like socialism i mean there's so many weird different <laughs> veganism, like yeah socialism. veganism socialism like there's Kyler, a lot of layers there's many layers to the meaning and and then also just kind of rebirth and you know the farmer wow. like has this like renaissance moment where he he restores Babe's health right before the big competition, and he does a little dance, a little jig because he's excited. And I don't know, there's just so much to that film, and you'll just you... have to read my dissertation on a Letterbox.
1: Okay, you <laughs> so- you sold um, me.
2: Um, yeah, re- yeah, rewatch it because yeah it's, um... well.
1: Yeah, veganism cool, socialism cool, but a farmer doing a little jig that is that that for me is what what really locked it down. So Sophie and I will <laughs> for sure have that loaded up
0: with movies, do you feel like, not the song movies, but movies, uh, do you feel like movie visuals specifically influence what you do in your music videos? Because, like, with Twin Flame, I was getting, like, Suspiria, The Love Witch, The Last mm. Unicorn, Scooby-Doo, do you, or, but Scooby-Doo's not a movie, say,
1: <laughs> but you know Yeah. I mean? Scooby-Doo oh, is a movie, sure. actually. Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably, there are a lot of those, yeah.
2: I feel like there's, um, yeah, like there's a lot of textures. I, I kind of think of cinema nowadays um, because it's kind of like broken down into these eras and decades. Is like pagan time mm-hmm. travel. Like we can, you can mm. make uh, a a video or like a texture that feels like it's kind of timeless or from a different era or yeah, kind of like a modern spin on like an old classic or whatever. And yeah, I, I think yeah. it is. It it's very good for art and uh, expression and enchantment. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I try to make things, like I I haven't made like a super harsh, like stark modern music video yet because I find it Mm -hmm. so difficult to really time travel in that situation. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I I think I, I enjoy using different textures like that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I have a question about Titanic, like the movie Titanic. Is that like a movie that like, has inspired you a lot or do you do you actually do you enjoy that movie of course that's one of my favorite movies i figured i, mean, I just had to like, confirm i had to confirm so like when uh, that movie
2: came out i mean i was mm-hmm. already hooked like I, I was really into uh weird old disasters because they used to make these mm-hmm. scholastic uh books you know yeah. and you'd get like a little catalog you order some books and there'd yes. be like about like the, the hindenburg and like you know, Mm -hmm. old shipwrecks. And there'd be these really cool illustrations. And so I already was kind of clued into Titanic as just being this like fascinating thing. But then, you know, when I saw the preview for the movie, I just felt it like a shake in my spirit. You know, I was like, I don't know, like Mm -hmm. eight, eight, eight years old. And I was just like, I have to
0: see that movie.
2: And I think I saw it like four or five times in the theater or something. Like I was just really, you know, obsessed. And then, I think it was the hundred-year anniversary of the sinking, twenty twelve. They released Titanic three D. I went and I, I yeah, went. I went and I remember being <laughs> yeah. like halfway through, just being like, "Oh my god, this is a children's film."
0: <laughs> oh, interesting. Like, Wait, huh.
2: the movie is engineered for little girls.
0: Ooh. Oh my god! Ooh. Wait, it's kind of true.
2: Yes, I mean, it, yeah. if you the dialogue, everything about it is for children the dialogue to understand. Is so
0: funny, yeah, oh yeah.
2: Everything is so basic and rudimentary. It's like very much for children, which is so morbid and funny. But um, but yeah, I think you know, there's no mistake that it was such a big hit with the the young girls. And, you know, Leo is such a, especially at that age, it's like watching that movie now as a full grown woman. I look at Leo, I was like, Oh, it kind of looks like a squirrely little boy, (laughs) but like to an eight year old woman, he's like, he was like the most gorgeous thing that had ever happened. So (laughs) the context of Titanic, you know, being this thing kind of engineered for little girls. And then also kind of Leo becoming this big environmentalist and having the Titanic just be such a, you know, fable of, and true story of the hubris of man. I just found as a cultural moment, it just kind of is rich with a lot of irony. Um, And I'm very interested in that.
0: Wow. Yeah. I love how you included, I think in the last track of Titanic Rising, the, like the hymn, Near My God to Thee right I, I'm not yeah. crazy right yes the, I totally. think it's called near to thee in your in your album but yeah. um, I feel like I see your music as like being the modern like co- string quartet that's playing at the end of the tit- titanic movie or actually that happened in real life too Yeah. You know, like, I feel like you're serenading us uh, to the end of the world I feel like that's your music to me.
2: Wow. I mean, that I, I, all I can hope is, yeah, to at least provide a salve or serenade because it is, we live in, in some crazy times.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's definitely topsy, topsy, turvy.
1: Yeah. I, I think this is, I'm really happy that this is the week we're doing the, the wise blood interview because I'm so glad that Sophie and I get to get, get a week because we, we, you know, we, we, we do a lot of stuff on our podcast. A lot of it's talking about the news and, Last week's episode was depressing enough that if Sophie and I like it's just like such a such a pleasant thing to get to to interview Wise Blood instead of um, having to like, you know, just be on our on our phones, taking in every like depressing piece of information to, to talk about on a podcast. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no. And I think it's really funny what you said about Titanic being a children's movie, because Sophie has sent me so many pictures of her when she was like eight years old however old she was just like (laughs) with so many titanic like what did you even have just like posters DVDs. I'll send
0: you the picture Natalie yeah basically all that stuff like I had the heart of the ocean I had like (gasps) yeah like the heart of the ocean like it was like a it was like ten dollars from like a costume shop
2: but wow you know, that's so funny
0: had, i'll send you the picture i posted on jota sometimes because it it speaks for itself like the me. it doesn't need i don't need to make it a meme because it's already mean but <laughs> yeah no i was obsessed with titanic i remember i was so obsessed with like the irish flute in the sound i love the soundtrack i was oh, obsessed with that. it well celtic stuff i mean that's just magical. yes yeah anything
2: celtic is quite magical and they really played into the celtic Yes. Uh, qualities you know because it was yeah. the irish people that built the ship
0: that's right yeah james horner the composer he died in a plane crash like 10 years ago it was really sad but what? Anyway. I, I know, know such that. a fitting i feel like that's kind of a fitting end, like a sad and ironic <laughs> end wow. for him better but but anyway, than
2: imploding in a submersible sorry oh
0: yeah. Sorry, oh, to bring it up. Yeah. sorry to bring it up well, I, I mean, thought of you when I thought of you when the submersible thing happened.
2: I think every every Titanic stand was having a really rough day that was just the very yeah. heartbreaking kind of like morbid yeah. sad day for Titanic That's people exact-
0: I know because yeah. when that happened I was a lot of people were saying like why would you ever want to do that and part of me is like yeah like how could this is terrifying I I can't imagine doing this but there's another part of me that really wants to see it and I feel like it would be just an otherworldly like ethereal experience <laughs> but I, 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 I understood why to an extent why they'd want to see it just because yeah, no, Titanic is think- so important to me yeah. I don't know I think
2: I think anybody that's become obsessed with the event because there is like there is this weird gravitas to the whole thing and you know the more you research into it the weirder it gets like if you look really deeply there was a novel yeah. that came out 2 years before um about a ship called the Titan yeah that, you know you know strikes an iceberg and, and sinks on its uh, maiden voyage so it was like it was yeah. this weird almost like predestined event yeah. uh Faithful. and yeah, fateful. And I, I think people become obsessed with it in this way that they don't with the Louis Cetania or these other kind of tragedies. Yeah. Um, there's just Perfect something story. about it that's like, yeah, weirdly um, resonates with people even now. And I think that, yeah, there is something kind of sad about, um, you know, kind of combining that with tourism. Because tourism... Mm is different than science and research. like if you looked at the difference between James Cameron's uh, submersible and mm-hmm. the submersible he he had built, um James Cameron was interested in preservation and research and actually getting there. I mean, I think he yeah. spent ten million dollars to make that thing um, yeah. functional so yeah, there's it's sad when things you know become very meta where it's like the hubris of this mm-hmm. you know kind of pioneer it's like we get to add a little grave on top of this larger older grave and I mean what is more human than that I don't know like yeah. I just think
0: the it's, two things are weirdly fits, synonymous yeah. yeah it fits right into like the themes I think you explore a lot in your music if I'm correct there but you should you should this is a dark joke what I feel like you should Create like a follow-up album called "Titan Imploding." <laughs> is that too mean? I'm sorry. <sighs>
2: no, I, I what I'll do is uh, <laughs> we'll make we'll make a
0: secret uh, EP.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm,
0: about I'm, I'm
2: this about the submersible and the lesson oh to be to be gleaned. You know
0: Jesus. repeating history oh my god that is so i hate beautiful. it I, i'm
2: sorry i brought up this ur- i just like how can no you know? i'm sorry and I, I no mean-
0: i i wasn't expecting it but i'm glad it went to <laughs> this because i when the submersible happened i could not stop thinking about it
1: we all need we still like all need a little bit more therapy just all of us a little bit more therapy to get our last <laughs> thoughts and feelings about the event out so this is our, yeah. this is our, our therapy session
2: it's true and and i will say fascinating as a cultural moment to witness uh yes. what has become the most you know kind of relevant form of news is like I do think the irony in it made it that much more of a hot topic for people yeah, um for sure. that it's like as it's like our medium of communication as a culture has become kind of entertainment and memes
0: yeah so definitely.
2: I think I think there's there's this you know weird traction that that story had because of its strange kind of mean value. It, it was just, yeah, and, and, and witnessing that happen, like kind of on a huge scale. It's like, we have so few shared experiences as a culture now, because there's just so much, you know, instability everywhere kind of happening all at once. Yeah. There are these big, like, you know, news cycles and events that are happening, but that was like this weird moment where everybody was tuned in on yeah. you know like four people or something, so it's very interesting.
0: Definitely, I know it, it's it is ultimately just really sad, and I feel terrible about the the kid on there.
2: Uh, oh God, yeah,
0: yeah, that's just, sorry the that all right. Sorry about that. Okay. Anyways, we Titanic talk. We, yeah, it's scary. a news podcast
1: where we can get dark here. It's all good. We can get dark.
0: Yeah, it's Speaking okay. Of, I yeah. This is my dream to just talk to you about Titanic. Honestly, it's like.
1: Oh
2: yeah,
0: you no, I'm You're going like saying,
2: uh, "Oh, go ahead, sorry." <laughs> well, just just on the the topic of you know to the submersible builder's defense, I forget his name.
0: Uh, um, the man. Oh wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The man that invented I, the parachute uh, jumped off the Eiffel Tower with his yes. first protot- prototype prototype <laughs> of the parachute. And there was some kind of mm-hmm. malfunction and he died. Mm. I
0: saw I've seen that famous photo where he's like about to jump off. It's really Yeah.
2: And top the ten moments before
0: disaster. Yeah, the parachute ended
2: up working out and you know, that's that's this just like part of the uh
1: this is just like uh the story. This is just like grew from the minions. <laughs> I actually don't remember if that happened. I don't know if that I just happened. Wanted to, I just wanted to bring the minions back up again. Sorry.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, I, I could also bring up some good Titanic news, which is that oh. uh, there's a oh. Titanic exhi- exhibition that's kind of like making its round in all American cities where they have like a reproduction of the Grand Staircase.
0: Oh, you got to take a photo. Or have you already? I have. It's It's
2: on my page.
0: Oh, I think I've um, seen that before. Yeah, I
2: said something like, you know, I wish I didn't smoke that shit. Or like, I tried, <laughs> I like, in my very, so like... you're weird, a memer. Yeah, but like, in the most, like, r- peripheral way possible. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the exhibition is, is cool. And there's one where you can even put your hand in some water that they keep at the temperature that the water oh, was the night the ship sank, which is apparently very, very cold, um,
0: mm, it's just so sad it's just so sad <laughs> can I just yeah. share one
2: more Titanic story and then we'll move on of course well 40s. I wish I
0: could keep talking about it yeah yeah.
2: yeah keep going my favorite thing about the Titanic was the baker on the ship Um, I forget his name oh. but he, he they feature him in the film he is the guy in the white suit drinking whiskey who rides the hull of the ship down with Rose and Jack like an elevator oh
0: Oh, yeah yeah is, so, is he with the woman who like looks at Rose and before she like falls or whatever she yeah. lets go
2: yeah 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 um yeah. no he's he's in the white suit kind of standing on the back of the ship with them uh-huh. um but that guy was real and mm. he he was the baker on the ship and I think he had drank a handle of whiskey he was just wasted and he said he rode oh. the ship down like an elevator and then he just you know kind of like stepped into the water and was uh-huh. you know one of the people that survived out of the water which was like very very few um, people and um and yeah he that was not his first ship shipwreck wow he survived another sinking as a child yeah i think there might have been he might have been a part of like three or something something insane
0: that's like being struck by lightning like twice or exactly
2: like and and it's just so fascinating um that that story of survival and that like that weird kind of like, you know, if you're not like stressed out, it somehow, you know, saves you. But um very interesting stories.
0: Yeah, there are mm-hmm. so many just beautiful anecdotes from the Titanic. Can I ask one more question about Titanic rising yeah. and like Titanic before? Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. so for so-, so I really just like love the hymns in Titanic like the film Titanic, like all the like, see, kind of see hymns like that. You like they're kind of religious, but they also talk about like sailing and like the ocean. Um, anyway, like those hymns I just loved. And for some reason, in your song Andromeda, the guitar part just really reminds me of like a hymn from like Titanic, but I don't know if that was intentional. So I just wanted to ask, like, how you came up with that. Hmm. Like the, good, you know what I'm talking about in that drama, be- be- I mean, yeah. yes, yeah, that I mean.
2: As uh, this guitar player Blake Mills, he's really talented. But um, I think a lot of the relationship might be the Celtic influence. I love mm. Celtic music. I love Enya. I mean, yeah. I love the the you know like the Chieftains. I love um, so much Irish music. And I you know I'm a big fan of Barry Lyndon to the the Stanley yeah. Kubrick film. Um, so yeah, I just think that that's just been. Uh, kind of interwoven into the melodic tapestry of my songwriting a little bit, and I think you can kind of hear it sometimes. Mm.
0: Mm, I finally know. I
2: finally- <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. All but
2: right. you know, right. they really wanted Anya to do the the soundtrack for Titanic, and she wouldn't do it. But um,
0: oh my goodness, I think
2: James Horner definitely was attempting to yeah. Enya-fy, um the music because <laughs> she's just got such a strong. Like, yeah. just through a line to that ancient Celtic force or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so, beautiful.
1: Some, yeah, and another thing it reminds me of, too, like, those kind of, I, I don't know exactly the right word, like, those, like, specific textures that are included in a lot of your music going back all the way to, like, your early stuff. It's just, like, reminds me a lot of, like, this, like, kind of, like, hazy velvet underground kind of, like, because I know, like, the velvet underground includes, like, a lot of, like, droney, hazy kind of vibes in it. And 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 I know that you recently did you recently work with John Cale on like a few songs?
2: I did. did. Well, we did a song called Story of Blood.
1: Oh, Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And you how was what was it like meeting John Cale?
2: Oh, it was so incredible. I got to interview him like four or five years ago and I was asking him so many weird, deep cut questions that I think he could tell I was at like a head who had been so. Obsessed with the Velvets and also just obsessed with Lamont Young and and, and the people that kind of taught um, them all how to drone out. I was a big fan of drone music. And um, yeah, I think it was just kind of a full circle for me and getting to collaborate with him, seeing his studio. It was all so psychedelic and he could just kept trying to make me sing like Nico um, he kept trying to bring mm. the lowest tones out of my voice, which is so cool because I was also like a massive, massive Nico fan. Yeah. Um yep. So I don't know. It was like maybe one of the greater validations I've experienced in in my adult life getting to work with him.
1: That's so mm. cool. I, that's one of my favorite things about music in general. It's just like you can really feel and tell like where how things are all kind of connected with influences. And I could I was when I put on your like. Some of your music that like Nico was the first thing that came to mind with, with like the droniness kind of coming through. Th- does John Kill still have pink hair? Cause I feel like I saw <laughs> you know,
2: he, he did a while ago. I don't know if he still does. When I saw okay. him, he had normal hair.
1: Okay. All right. That was, all right. Those are my, those are my only two uh, John, John Kill questions <laughs> I had written down. I think, I think that's satisfying. And the other, the other collaboration I was definitely curious about, and I feel like yeah. it connects to our, our meme conversation was yes. um, collaborating with Tim Heidecker
2: oh uh, yeah um so i was just you know obviously like anybody else huge tim and eric fan i knew they were from philly yes. which i was like yo um i Kyle's
0: was from philly too actually oh, yeah. very cool yep.
2: but um but yeah i put out andromeda and i noticed that tim had reposted the song and i i i had listened to his you know song about glendale and like i knew he was into power pop and i knew he had good taste Mm -hmm. and i just remember thinking like oh my gosh like if i could just get this guy at my show and pick his brain because i'm such a big fan that'd be rad yeah so he came to my show and um my friend drew erickson just approached him and was like hey you like natalie's music we should make a record like i didn't even say anything and then when so when that happened it was just kind of like oh okay yeah like let's try it out and I didn't really think much of it and then we all got in the studio and started jamming and then I was like oh this is a thing and then it kind of turned into fear of death
1: that's so awesome that sounds like so much fun well it's like it's like you got to you got to meet um John Kale you got Tim Heidecker you got to meet the minions you got the whole crew (laughs) so with Tim Heidecker
2: yeah I guess I know what <laughs> okay. you want to talk about Tim
1: yeah yeah I do I absolutely do because I mean yeah I grew up like just watching um me too. so that kind of Bring yeah Sophie as well we we both had our mind blown when we saw that because like are you kidding me like our favorite comedian and our favorite like musician doing a thing so yeah <laughs>
0: what,
1: what was like what like what was that like was he just like as funny in real life as he usually is like on his shows like what like I don't know because his music I think is very pretty heavy you know I, I thought fear of death was like it was pretty moving. Um, yeah, so he's obviously someone with like a lot of like emotional depth too. So what was like kind of like jamming with him like?
2: we're jamming? I wanna jamming with you. Sorry, when I, <laughs> that's all I hear when anybody says jamming. Um, I mean he's hilarious. He always has to be on. He's always making funny jokes. He's always talking in some ridiculous accent. Like he's <laughs> such a funny guy that like it was heavy, but. The in the earnestness was very real and the music was really serious but it, he's just such a barrel of monkeys no matter what i don't know mm. he's very funny
1: that's awesome
0: yeah big fan yeah. of him too i'm actually performing or like they're doing like at this panel thing in la with like meme people that i'm doing and he's tim heidecker's also in the lineup which is like Shocker! I don't know how they got Tim and at this, but I'm so excited Whoa. to like meet him. I'm gonna be yeah. so starstruck because like I'm, for me personally, I'm, I'm a big on cinema fan. Yeah, I mean, so, and also I just think
2: Tim and Eric single-handedly changed yes. the landscape of culture as we know it. Like too, it just yeah. yeah, I mean, like it all kind of starts there. They were like at the dawn of like that kind of dark comedy meta. Yeah, like kind of public access dementia zone I I think everything else was like completely irrevocably changed after they came on the scene
0: yeah I feel like you get a lot of credit for being an amazing musician but I think I don't know if everyone realizes that you're very funny and you like comedy and like I think you (laughs) you post memes like at least on Twitter like there's that one one of my favorite memes I, I'll call it a meme where it's like you you're it's like one of your tweets It's like I'm on here reading your tweets and not saying anything and that's just yeah. a selfie like that is such a funny meme to me <laughs> like
2: yeah it's funny how that one really took off um it, it's like yeah when something really takes off it's out of your hands like people started using that image for things that I was like oh that doesn't represent me but it was really really cool that it did take off and that you know, I was just telling the truth. I was just reading people's tweets and I was I was scared to tweet.
1: Yes, that was a very very funny tweet. Um how often do you browse um I guess social media in general out of curiosity?
2: Oh, just I'm just like every other person on the planet, I just wake up and check it out. It's really bad. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> um yeah. I I try not to do it before bed now. I'm trying to keep my melatonin intact. Um, I'm not really on TikTok. I'm not really um, satisfied with the algorithm that exists for me, which is, I guess, Mm -hmm. kind of a relief. If it was really good, I'd probably be in trouble, you know. But, like, I actually, you know, as things continue to evolve and change, I miss the old classic meme days a lot. I think that the, Mm -hmm. you know, TikTok – and reels, like everything kind of turning into a 15, 15 second video is fun and cool. But yeah, you know, I just kind of miss stationary memes and I don't get as many as I used to
0: in my feed. I totally agree. I, I'm not much of a video meme person. I post them, but they're usually not my own memes. Like they're usually fi- stuff I find. TikTok is like a whole new thing. Like as far as like being funny on there, I don't know how to do it.
2: <laughs> I will say the one like video meme that was funny was those two cats where that black cat is just looking at that cat and the other cat saying something and turns around like like they're like a couple do you know what i'm talking about like when you're mad yeah and girls.
0: i've seen that one that's a classic that one was good do you have any other favorite um, memes
2: yeah there's this one i have of this guy passed out in a little ball like by the toilet <laughs> and it says like uh when you're all spun out after the tool show and it's like uh <laughs> it's a Fibonacci spiral. Oh my um, Fibonacci sequence spiral being like, you know, the golden ratio, like all this funny esoteric stuff. That one's quite good. Gotcha. Um I save I save all the ones I like and uh. they're on lock. I mean, there's one of <laughs> like Miley Cyrus is a big green and M- MM M- M- and she's like, Oh that was it one, just yeah. says things <laughs> things are always happening or something and yeah. <laughs> um I mean honestly at this point I should just like kind of go through the last six years and pick all the my favorite ones. I have made some. You have and they're like they're pretty raunchy and funny, but I kind of keep them <laughs> I haven't publicly displayed them. Mm. They also they mm. they're the meme style of four years ago which looks pretty radically different so if i did even bust them out they'd be like that looks weird because it's quite old at this point
0: well um, the but, turnaround like it's probably cool again now like there's it's just like fashion or mu- music or film yeah. like there's always like you know they're revolving trends right they're like yeah you know, i like will we, have
2: to send you
0: those Oh, and you please could rate do. them you could rate them. them
2: and tell me if they're bad or good
0: i'll tell you i would love to i'll be honest too i will i'm i would love to see them
1: sophie's a big help <sighs> that's, that's that's for sure that's um oh, i feel like so- sophie sophie thinks in terms of thinks in terms of memes like I do. like
0: <laughs> like it's that's <laughs> Oops, just
1: it's okay it's okay it's it's just, <laughs> I've, I've gotten used to it it's nice it's nice it's pleasant because it's like thank you. you can just like fill any like every emotion that you ever need to convey in a sentence, Sophie, you can figure out how to convey that with uh, the correct that, meme reference. Yeah. That's and like, how I express yeah.
0: myself. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. why That's the my account is the kind of doing that. Like, it's it's just like if it's like if I had a diary of like weird memes that I had public to everyone, you know, like shown publicly. So, like, there are, I just made a meme about being sad about, sad when I see roadkill. So, you know, just, it's very dumb stuff like that, you know, usually.
1: Or of course. It's, or it's
0: other things. I don't know. I do a lot, but I, yeah. it's very pers- It's very personal. So, like, when people say, like, so I have a, I have haters, you know, like people who don't think I'm funny, it really hurts my feel. It hurts my feelings because it's like, oh my God, that's, that's everything. That's all of me.
2: <laughs> I will say, like, I think memes are kind of like, uh, it's like, uh, I think the way that people cope with the dystopia of modern reality, I think, like, mm. I, like you know, the way in which we communicate is all through kind of entertainment. Like I said before, like the medium of communication between everybody is social media,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which
2: is inherently kind of about entertaining each other. And so the way that mm-hmm. we process the trauma of modern culture and society together is through memes. So I actually think that it's like it is kind of the at this weird frontier of like philosophy and art. And wow. even though there is a there is this, you know, disposable kind of element to it, it is I think a very poignant medium. I, I do think that it like actually wow. has value and I kind of take it seriously. I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm about that's to. very sweet. I think I'm about to DM you some memes because while we were talking, oh please I
0: like, do, yeah.
2: I started scrolling and I was like, oh, I gotta send her some of my recent favorites because yes. you know, like, please do. What's so beautiful about the memes is like you can never have a favorite one because then there'll be another one that's like weirdly right. more relevant and they to... play on
0: each other too. They're always recycling the same phrases and like images and it turns into yeah. something completely different and the same at epi- the and all the same at the same time. I read an academic paper recently comparing like memes and like you said posting or whatever, like you know, memes, um, to uh like Dadaism, like in the wake of the horrors of World War One and the uncertainty in Germany and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. I could send you that too, a really interesting paper, but um yeah. Oh, I'd love thank you to for read making that. memes sound so flattering. I appreciate well, it. No yeah yeah everyone get a good job
2: <laughs> no 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 any kind of cultural moment movement is is like yeah it, it it implicates like um a larger kind of push, you know, it's like we don't really have a lot of spaces for public discourse besides social media, so it mm-hmm. makes sense that we're trying to make sense of reality um through comedy mm. definitely
1: so <sighs> I um i I saw you recently um Natalie, uh, three weeks. That was like three or four weeks ago. I don't know when. At Madison Square Garden, with yes. Beck and Phoenix. Oh yeah. And yes, and that was a, that was like an amazing time because, you know, I'm kind of. I don't know if I if I can still blame the the pandemic for for why I don't go out as much as anymore. But it's not. Don't don't. I don't like leaving my apartment as much. So you yeah, know, it, was, it happens. Yeah. (laughs) So it was very nice to get to go and like, be like, oh, wow. Like life is good when you actually do stuff, you know? So. Yeah.
2: Like, are you saying like how, how it felt to play MSG? Yes. It felt incredible. I mean, I, I I almost wondered if, or I kind of had a sense that the building was haunted. Like there's definitely Mm -hmm. this kind of ominous feeling of singers and musicians past. And, and when I was singing, I don't know. I just felt um, like a a weird resonance with the whole space. And I was just like, it was one of the more transcendent shows, maybe because it's so big Mm. and like, I could finally hear, like my music kind of swirl up in the sky and, and kind of um, feel as big as I always imagined it Mm. um, in a room that big. So I don't know, it's just a big special moment. I had never really been there um, and walking in was like, Definitely a pretty strong, strong vibe.
1: Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean that's how it felt. That's how it felt in the audience. So I'm glad that I'm glad that you got to feel that on stage too. Uh, have you had any like, any like particular interesting places you have visited? or played shows at, I mean, obviously Madison Square Garden is like a really special place to play a show, but like any like kind of, because I know you have like a tour coming up. I don't know if there's any places you're excited to see. And then also just like places you have been that maybe caught you off guard as like a particularly interesting place to play a show.
2: Well, I got to play Brazil for the first time this year. And (gasps) I was just so shocked at how insane the audiences were they were just so like into it and singing along like every word singing along to my songs
0: yes
1: yes Um, i'm brazilian by the way so
2: oh cool Uh, they love music (laughs) yes
1: they do my dad my dad is my dad grew up in brazil and i i visit every you know every once in a while and that is completely that that right there is brazil in a nutshell like brazilians like really are super passionate about like life and music and like that is exactly right so i'm super happy that you got to experience that
0: you went to brazil come to brazil. you went to brazil you went to brazil
2: <laughs> yeah it was really special and yeah yeah i i think it be, it was funny that for years people were like, come to
0: Brazil. And then I finally was like, I did. <laughs> yes. Um, Such a meme. One of the best memes. Honestly. One of the best
2: memes. Yes. yeah So I, um, was so pleasantly surprised and, you know, like playing weird small towns yeah. in America, like Boise, Idaho, or like, there's all these places where I, I thought we would have like a pretty bunk show, but then all these people, um, would kind of show up and scream and go crazy mm. and like really lose their shit. And I'd be like, Whoa, it's like, unexpected, um, excitement is always really pleasant at a wise blood show, because I think some people come to my shows and they just kind of respectfully listen and they're like, cool. But every once in a while people come to get down and scream and, and like, you know, kind of dance around. And that's fun for me coming from kind of a punk background where I used to Mm. always kind of, you know, mosh at shows and really get into the music, no matter, you know, what it really sounded like. So, yeah, I think I'm just always pleasantly surprised by a really kind of raunchy, wild crowd because my music is so sensitive, you know
1: mhm yeah, that is interesting, a, definitely makes a big difference when when the audience is is doing stuff like that it makes it like so you're going to are you are you touring touring Europe soon, also,
2: yeah, I leave on Monday for Portugal.
0: Oh my goodness. Speaking of Portuguese. <laughs>
2: I know, right? Yeah. Um, going to decompress for some crazy jet lag and then we're going to play Lisbon and then head up to Spain. And yeah, that's the plan. And then I go back to South America actually at the end of the month, I'm going to Santiago and Buenos Aires.
1: Oh, that's so wow. fun.
0: You've been all over. Like, <laughs> how has that been? Like, is it exhausting the to tour? Is it? really energizing both?
2: You know, I think it's both. I think at a certain point you have to kind of, you know, reach a point of radical acceptance when you're just like, okay, this is just going to make me a weird person. Like I'm not, you know, to bring it back Mm. to unicorns, like I am the unicorn, (laughs) you know, I'm never home. I'm always having these really weird experiences. It can be really isolating and you feel like, oh my God, I can't like, you know, run with the other horses. But then you kind of get to a point where you're like, no, I get to be the unicorn like I get to have this extremely unique weird experience and I'm just so grateful that um that I get to sing in front of people and you know do what I love
1: hmm that's awesome mm. All right looks like we only have a couple minutes left so Sophie I don't know if there's any All
0: right
1: I know I know um, yeah. do you have any like final questions Sophie that you really want to ask before we wrap it up
0: ooh Oh no! Now I'm on the
1: spot. Uh, I can, um, I could, I could jump in and try to think of something too.
0: I probably have a million questions. I was honestly. gonna ask.
1: I was, yeah, I know. We, I, I, we, I want to talk more about Titanic. But my, my one question was, <laughs> what is your simple question? Your favorite instrument, and then the other question is, what instrument do you find most useful for you in the songwriting process?
2: These days, the piano, um, Mm. because I just really love um, the chordal structures and harmonies you can kind of stack on the piano the way it's set up. But as far as like the most useful, a guitar is just so infinitely accessible and portable. And you could just really bring a guitar anywhere and jam. And you can kind of do the same thing that you would do on a piano and a guitar. But yeah, I'd say it's like pretty tied between those two instruments for me. And I know that's really basic, but
1: no, no, that's great. Yeah. I mean, is, I was kind of curious, like when you start, we got a minute here. So when you start writing a song, do you just kind of like, I want to know so I could do it myself, like just kind of like play <laughs> some chord progressions and kind of hum along until like you feel something that feels good.
2: That's one way to do it, um, I like improvising and kind of like editing your improvisations for things that sound like real music. And then every once in a while, you just get like a lightning bolt of an idea and you kind of sit down and really flesh it out. And it's like strangely fully formed. That's when you know it's like from some higher power, you're like a vehicle for music or something. It's much more rare.
0: Mm. Well that is a beautiful way to end this yeah. this episode. I'm, yeah, like, I
1: was like is it too much to ask to squeeze songwriting in 30 seconds but no. You it's managed not. to
0: do it in like a less it. poetic. But, yeah. But
2: I also managed I to send you like six memes so Oh, I got to look. Ha- I will yeah, look. have fun it's watching so those. Fun. I'm
0: excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalie, for coming on the show. Everyone listening. Oh, thank you. Go check out Natalie's music if you haven't already. Why? Music blood.
1: videos, epic.
0: And a new music video. And if you're in Europe, consider visiting her tour. If there are tickets left, I'm not sure about that. But if there are tickets left, go <laughs> see Natalie.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes. And uh, really you. great chatting with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank
1: you. Thank you. you. All this right. Thanks so Base much. News Bye. New Bye. Network. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.